Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heroin. This is Katie Lee, and I am joined by my regular guests, Anna and Katie Leone. Hello. 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 <laughs> I'm here, but I'm not, like, mentally here for the most part, because like <laughs> any good PAX, I caught PAX Plague. Yeah, and so did I, and Katie hasn't yet for some reason. Don't jinx it. God, <laughs> for the love of God, don't jinx it. I'm going to send some up to you, Katie. So like, no, it's, I, I swear to God, if you're not sick before you come up here, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> if you bring that my way. Make I'll try not to. Watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, never get, I never get it, but I did this year. I must have, I was not sanitary enough. That sounds so gross, but apparently I not. I don't think that's it. I'm still trying to figure it out, like, why because like everybody got sick like normally like one person that i know of gets six after packs but this one i feel like 75 percent of people got sick this year maybe it's just because we all were hanging out with the wrong people or something i don't know <laughs> yeah those motiga guys they probably gave everyone the play i know Gosh, <laughs> and then okay so now i wonder why i didn't get it <laughs> i don't know you just got lucky yeah. You've got good immune system. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, obviously, if you can't tell, we're here to talk about Pack South. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the thing that happened. That was yep. the thing that happened, and we did it, and we're back to tell you all about it. Um, so first of all, we'll start with like our overall thoughts about the convention and San Antonio, because I know we all have stuff to say about that. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about some of the specific games that we played and panels that we went to and that kind of stuff. We'll get into this, the specifics after that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were not aware, PAX South was in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, the first past, ever PAX South. The first too. ever. Yeah. The inaugural PAX South. And uh, so personally, initially, I understood why they had picked San Antonio. A lot of people were like, oh, it should have been Austin. Or a few people who are stupid were like, oh, it should have been Dallas. But fuck Dallas. Um, (laughs) But I understood originally why they picked San Antonio. There's a lot of hotels that are really close to the convention center. And the convention center is massive. There's so much room to grow. South only used like the tiniest portion of that convention center. It's bigger than the Washington State Convention Center. It's bigger than the one in Boston. And it's like four times bigger than the one in Austin. So initially I understood. Um, Disclaimer, I did have a lot of fun, but I wish it wasn't in San Antonio, just personally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts, but basically I think downtown San Antonio is kind of dirty and... The restaurants down there suck. Like, someone tweeted at me, and it was exactly how I felt. Because I, I tweeted about how I wasn't, like, super... I was kind of, like, sad about the really shitty restaurant choices that are around there. Like, right. Like, every much, other one being Mexican food. Mexican. Yeah. yeah. I pretty much ate, like, one place that I actually didn't hate. And um, someone, was, someone tweeted at me. I don't remember who it was. I'm an asshole. I should look it up. But they were like, oh, yeah, I pulled up Yelp, and it was like... Do you want to eat at this really expensive but mediocre mediocre place? This like cheap but terrible place, or like cheap but questionable? Like there <laughs> oh, was. I'll no- go with cheap and questionable. <laughs> there was great. nothing. There was nothing above like three stars within like a mile and a half of the convention center. Right. Well, I yeah. mean, have you guys been to Pax? You guys have been to Pax East, right? I have. Well, see. There's there's the dilemma though too. Like, at least San Antonio, like you could walk places, and there, yeah. while most of the places weren't probably the best food, it was edible food that you could eat. And then was that I really liked the River Walk too. Yeah, it's uh, pretty. Yeah, it's super pretty, and there's lots of places to go to. You know, you guys can explore San Antonio, and it's right there. Pax East, the convention <laughs> center, is like a mile, a mile and a half from most major hotels. And there is nothing to do around the convention center. So if you wanted to like, 
go back to your hotel room for an hour or like find a place to eat that isn't like the regrettable six dollar hot dog that you have to purchase at the convention center <laughs> yeah. like you're fucked like yep. that's why like i enjoyed the location for pax you know granted i don't know much about texas in general but like overall san antonio i thought the location was really good i could walk to my hotel it was only like a half of a mile away and there were plenty of places to go and i didn't feel like it was going to be a huge burden to have to walk back to my hotel in the middle of the day so yeah, in that regard I, I thought it was good yeah i felt pretty much the exact same way like everything was so nearby and there was lots of stuff that we could just go and do during the day if we wanted to get away from the convention center instead of like having to take a shuttle that, you know, may or may not be available at that moment and, you know, or walk a mile ish to the hotel and like just be really inconvenienced by the location. Right. Right. But I will say being an Austinite, the stuff around the convention center in Austin would be a million times better. Oh, really? There's good food for like every, like you could take like a two mile radius around the convention center and like close your eyes and poke a pin in it and you would hit a good restaurant. Like there's no bad food around there. There's a lot of hotels. Um, There's like, so Texas in general doesn't have good public transportation. San Antonio's is pretty bad. Um, Austin's is at least marginally better. Um, they have like better, better buses and there is some light rail, although not from the airport, but I, I don't know. I, I'm like torn. I know that Austin has a lot of other infrastructure problems like traffic and stuff, but at the same time we deal with having like South by Southwest, which is like massive levels of, you know, industry convention here Mm -hmm. every year and austin city limits and so much more and i kind of feel like if we can handle those we could handle a pax in austin and i yeah i think it would have been a better experience and i'm not just saying that because i live here like even if i didn't live here like if i had to drive to get to austin i still think it would be better just personally well then i wonder why they didn't choose austin because i know one of the huge reasons why pax south pax south was in Texas was mainly just because Gearbox is there and they're so close. And that was a huge reason why they chose to be in Texas in the first place for their location. And Austin is so much closer to Gearbox than, you know, San Antonio. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are like, you know, throwing a million reasons out there. And it's like, you know, we don't, none of us work for Penny Arcade, so we can't say. But my guess is that... Probably it was just cheaper. Like yeah. They probably had to pay less to have it in San Antonio than Austin, which is yeah. probably true because, you know, they have to compete with people who are willing to pay a lot of money like South by in mm-hmm. Austin compared to like the closest thing in San Antonio is probably Alamo City Comic Con. So, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it, maybe it'll get better. Maybe having like more conventions like PAX in San Antonio will make the area around it better because... That did kind of happen to Seattle from having things like Emerald City Comic Con and mm-hmm. PAX and all this other stuff year round kind of mm-hmm. moved other cool businesses into the area. So maybe it'll change eventually. Hopefully. Yeah. And, and PAX is like it's locked into San Antonio for the next like five years or something because of just getting the deal there. Yeah. So, I think it was I think it's for the next two. But yeah, they'll probably stay. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll stay there for at least a little while until, you know, somebody complains enough that they move it elsewhere or it just stops happening. But I doubt that'll happen. Yeah. But uh, for the first pack South, it was the most successful first packs ever. Yeah. 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 So the attendance was higher than any other first, like I guess PAX East or PAX Australia. So that's really cool for for next year because if someone, if it was so successful, that only means that next year, you know, we're going to have so many more developers there and so many more things to do. Like, for those of us that <clears throat> I would consider us, like, you know, PAX goers, like, we've we've been to, like, this was my 10th PAX, so, like, I know how it goes, you know, and you get in there and it's huge and there's so many things to do and I always feel like at PAX Prime or PAX East, like, I never get to see enough. When we went to the media hour on Friday morning, 
I literally walked around for 20 minutes and I saw the whole thing and I was like, well, what are we going to do for the next, you know, two <laughs> I days? I the same way. <laughs> I was like, that it's really, really small. And on one hand, it was a bummer that there wasn't like a whole bunch to do on the show floor. But on the other hand, I really felt like I got to explore the other side of PAX. Like at PAX Prime, I spend the majority of my time like locked into the indie mega booth and that's where i hang out all four or three days however at pack south since there wasn't that much to do on the show floor i i probably spent like two hours total on the show floor all three days i was able to go experience the rest of packs which i don't normally do like i got to go see a whole bunch of panels i got to hang out i got a cosplay with katie when these are all experiences that i would have never otherwise done you know, if it weren't for PAX South. So I thought that was a really cool aspect of PAX that I got to enjoy that I wouldn't have done normally. Yeah, totally. And I think there's, I definitely think there are like upsides and downsides. Like, uh, yeah, this PAX was one of the most relaxed ones I've been to since probably like, I started going to PAX Prime in like 2008. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was probably the first and last PAX I had that was relaxing until PAX South. (laughs) Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Because um, I think that was the last year it didn't sell out immediately um, online. So. so, but I, there were some things that I didn't like about having. So I love that there, the indie was kind of like the focus. That was really cool. It was cool to see so many indie developers be able to like afford larger booths because there was no AAA people pricing them out and they could do more right. cool stuff. And that was awesome. But, if you guys walked around the edges of the show floor, it like all, and to an extent, I know that in PAX Prime this happens a little bit, but at PAX South, it was like all of the outer edge booths were like weird, random, steal your money colleges from like across the country. <laughs> and like, they I was were. like, what are they doing here? <laughs> it was so weird. And like yeah. Wacom had a table Friday and like just didn't show up. Like they were just not, they just didn't come. They yeah. were not there. That was so weird. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I, I appreciated the, like, indie focus as well. Um, I was, like, I was also disappointed with, like, how, you know, small the show floor was, I guess, because I've also been going to PAX forever. So I'm used to seeing, like, the huge booths and, like, the big, you know, like, the big three, Sony and Microsoft and, and Nintendo mm-hmm. and... I think Amanda just got home. And so, like, they weren't there. I mean, Nintendo was, but um, the other ones weren't. And, God, I just lost my focus. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, uh, yeah, and actually, Microsoft was supposed to be there, but then they, they didn't. Yeah, they were, like, on the – they were listed as an exhibitor, and they had a booth. But, like, when I got there, it was Intel. And I was like, weird. That's not Microsoft. And also, yeah. I don't care about like looking at your processors. So I guess I'm going to avoid this booth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, well, like, also, like, uh, God, what was it? A month and a half ago, I went to the Sony, like, the PlayStation Experience thing. And I kind of got like my fill of playing, you know, PlayStation games, which I would like to have been able to play more at PAX. But like, I had seen all of these things and I was like, oh, yeah, it's like a, mini packs but only playstation stuff this is awesome and i on the show floor specifically i kind of had a better time there that's not to say that i didn't have a bad time at pax because i did or i had a good time at pax that does that make sense yeah anyway i had a good time at pax but it wasn't because of all the games that i didn't play because let's be honest i'm bad at playing games at pax um like i went to a few panels, which I don't normally do. Um, I, like Anna said, I got to cosplay a bunch um, for for Borderlands stuff. I got to see a lot of friends that I don't normally get to see, and I got to make a lot of new friends, which I really appreciate. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things, you know, to do at PAX is meet new people, and yeah. like I wouldn't ask for anything different. Yeah, the spirit of PAX was definitely there at PAX South. And, yeah, you know, while it was a super small convention, a lot of the developers that we talked to, because it was so small and because the numbers were so big, those developers got a ton of, like, 
just exposure because everyone, you know, wanted to play the game because that's what was there. So, you know, for those developers that were there, like the smaller companies like Hive Jump and, you know, a couple of the other indie games that were there, like everyone got to play them and it's that much. So it was very successful for those developers that went to PAX South. Yeah. And and like I said before, it'll that, you know, just to because there were such great numbers and it was such a great success that'll of course bring, you know, a lot more people in next time. Like I know a lot of people were there. Uh, some of my friends were just sort of scouting out the area and seeing how, you know, how the reception was going and stuff like that. So I think it's just going to get bigger from here on out. And PAX South is definitely, at least for me, going to be one of the ones to go to in future years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we talk about games, I also have to do a little plug because if you guys remember the last episode, I told you guys that I had a panel. So I did the panel and I didn't throw up. Yep. That's good because <laughs> that would have been awkward if you vomited all over. All over you guys. Yeah. Cause you we guys were, right were all there. the ones in the front row. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <that> um, <laughs> yeah. So we, we posted some, some footage of it. Um, it's like kind of crappy footage right now, so like you can hear it or whatever, but we've got another camera because Katie recorded it too, and we also have separate audio recordings, so I'm going to try and like post some better stuff soon. But if you want to watch it, if you're like, hey, Katie's awesome and I want to watch it, or Katie's not awesome, but maybe like someone else on the panel is, you should <laughs> go watch it. It was a really successful panel. Like, I was so proud of you guys, you know, just talking mm-hmm. about things. Like, especially nowadays, now that, you know, gender issues and are such a huge deal in the video game industry and just nerd community. Like, the the response from all the audiences was, was great. And, you know, you guys talked and hit a lot of good points on, you know, just being a female in the gaming community and... I think a lot of people were very receptive to it and you guys it was packed like it was completely packed it was a great panel yeah I liked it I had fun maybe maybe I'll do it again sometime do it again we'll for Pax Prime <laughs> yeah do it yeah we'll see I'd like to uh so then obviously some of us played some games so... yeah just add one thing though too yeah um so I noticed that, like, you know, the, the whole show floor was really small and there wasn't a whole lot to it, but I noticed that there wasn't a whole lot of, like, tabletop stuff. Like, there was yeah. a little section for it, and there was, like, some some vendors and stuff out behind that big wall that was there, but, like, I would have liked to see a lot more tabletop. Yeah, originally, um, when I when I first heard about PAX South because all the indies games that they chose to present were all tabletop games. I thought yeah. there was going to be a bigger presence on tabletop gaming and it was, you're right, Katie, it was super small. Yeah. And like, I was you know happy that there was that sort of little, little booth kind of thing of tabletop stuff, but I definitely would have liked to see more. Um, because like now that I work in a board game store, like I kind of need to learn more tabletop stuff and it would have been nice to go and talk to like indie developers I guess um, Mm -hmm. about new games that are coming out but there wasn't really a lot of that so I was a little bit disappointed there right so maybe next time there'll be Mm -hmm. more yeah well I think it was cool that they did um kind of like like the PAX 10, but not the PAX 10 yeah. for board games. Like, that was that was cool. I like that they decided to do something different for that. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> Sorry. Anna's sick again, everyone. No. I wasn't fast enough to mute my microphone. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. It's the PAX episode. Do PAX it. Plague is appropriate. Uh, okay, yeah, so games. So... Let's talk first about Gigantic, because I think for all of us, that was, like, kind of the winner. That was of... uh, my game of PAX, was Gigantic. Yeah. It's an amazing, super fun game that you should all play, and that's basically all I played on Saturday. Like, that was <laughs> that was what I did on Saturday, was Gigantic. Um, for those of you that are unfamiliar with the game, it's been at previous PAXs in the past. However, this I one I thought... here. <laughs> yeah, this one was, yeah. like, 
they're they stole the show at PAX South. Um, so it's a MOBA style game, but it's also third person along the lines of Smite. And Nate from Reset Transmission and Press Reset, I think, describes it perfectly, where he says it's sort of like you know a Team Fortress style MOBA. So you have yeah. you know your five people versus your other five people, and the maps aren't your typical style MOBA. They're much different, and you have two guardians um, on each side. And I haven't quite figured out like why the guardians advance quite yet, but there are certain pinpoint locations that you take over that have monsters there, and then you know you get those points. And at some point during the match, both of your guardians sort of advance or don't advance based on how well you do and then you attack their guardian and kill it and win like i said i'm not 100 percent sure because i didn't play it enough to fully comprehend all of the mechanics but it's a super super fun game and that's, that's really literally fun. all i want to do right now is play gigantic <laughs> yeah it was super fun and i am not like if you guys have listened to this before you know that I'm not a MOBA person at all, but the gameplay style was enough that it wasn't like, it was enough, not MOBA like, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like it had yeah. the touches that was like, made it feel reminiscent of a MOBA, but I agree that it has like a really heavy team fortress feel. And that made it like more fun for me because I would, I prefer games like that. I was really worried when you guys invited me that it was going to be like, Okay, so I have to tell you the story. So you know how you texted me and Katie and you yes. guys were like, you have to come because we're going to play against, we're going to have like a big can't talk and bitch team alpha versus nerd appropriate and press to reset like grudge match. And I was like, yeah. okay, okay, but what game is this? And I looked, I texted you like, what kind of game is it? And I looked at Katie and I was like, I was like, what if it's a MOBA? And then you texted me and you were like, it's a MOBA. And Katie and I were like, oh no. We're like, fuck. <laughs> But then we got there and it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like MOBAs either, but I, I enjoyed it as well. <laughs> definitely. And that was the one thing that was like, this is why I love PAX because crazy stuff happens all the time like this. Like <laughs> I was joining Melissa and Nate for, you know, their, I just was tagging along and they were going to go see Gigantic. And I was like, oh, I'll just tag along with you guys and see what this game is about. Cause Nate had played it earlier and we get there and it was like right before their panel. So it turns out, you know, we couldn't get to, we didn't get to play the game, but I was like looking at all the artwork and I found out it was a MOBA. So I was like, of course I want to play it because I'm super competitive. And <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. And so we had to reschedule our appointment because, you know, they had to do their panel or whatever, which is totally fine. And then they found out that bitch team alpha was there. And I don't know exactly how or why we became so popular among the gigantic people but I they, think were, they like, were just like oh that name they're a bunch of girls and they're bitches like they yeah. call themselves bitches and that's funny <laughs> <laughs> i guess and I, I don't know and while we were there i know there was a lot of like they ha wanted to have a big female presence playing their game which is totally awesome and mm -hmm. that's rad that like they want more females playing their game you know because a lot of the competitive gaming you know, communities aren't known for having a high female presence in it. Well, not only are they not known for having a high female presence, but they're a lot of them are like really toxic environments. And yeah, like Motiga wants to make like their community really positive and like they want to include everybody and they just want it to, they just want to make it fun. Yeah. Which, which I truly got. And then, mm -hmm. so they found out that I was from bitch team alpha and they wanted to schedule an appointment. And then somehow, because originally when I was there, Nerd Appropriate was there. And so we wanted to play with Nerd Appropriate. And then it just snowballed into now it's going to be boys versus girls. And we're going to come back at 10 in the morning and then we're going to duke it out. And I was like, okay, that's fine with me. Like, I'm fine with competitive <laughs> games. And we did it. And it was awesome, and unfortunately the boys won. But like I'm saying, they had way more experience than we did playing the game. You know, like mm -hmm. Melissa and I had played it once, and you, both you Katie's and Amanda had never played before. And then the boys had, you know, they had more experience with the game. They had played like four times, and then Nerd Appropriate played it once more. But, you know, it's okay. It's all good. It was all for the fun and the joy of it, and the audience was having fun with it too so 
And after that, I was just like hooked. I was like, we're coming back and playing a million more games of this. And it was awesome. And then the, later that night, we got to go. They had like this really chill like PAX party. These are the PAX parties I live for. Like, I'm sure if you guys were on the Twitters at all, you you heard the horrendous stories of the <laughs> of Twitch. Twitch. The oh, Twitch God. No one had a good time at that party. It was uh, pretty. Except, except for those people, like, basically fucking on the floor. They had a really good time. Oh, my God. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, so apparently when Amanda and, I don't know, Katie, were okay, you with so, her? So you we, tell the story. I yeah. was texting my friend Christina, and she was like, oh, yeah, we're here. Like, she was with Nate and, like, I guess you and yeah. uh, and John and Melissa. And, like, she's like, yeah, come like come swing by and I was like okay we'll swing by and we get in and like we go up to like the side that you guys weren't on first and I'm walking around like trying to find somebody that I know and I see a couple people and I'm like okay I'll go say hi whatever and so we're walking like through the dance floor and there's yeah basically people like dry humping all over the floor like trying to bang I don't even know and I'm like this is gross um we should go and I like that was before I even knew that there was the other side that had like the karaoke and like the pool tables and that stuff and I was like I don't know where anybody is and so Christina texts me again she's like oh we're on the other side like there's the karaoke and the pool tables I'm like okay I'll go there and I find you guys and then like everybody was so trashed oh yeah and uh, uh John not not my John but John Sylvester um was like super super drunk and introducing himself to my john like three or four times just being like john yeah john okay and (laughs) so that like the next day too um went to go find him and he wasn't around anywhere (laughs) because he was just dead Um, yeah there were a lot of i regret (laughs) twitch party tweets after the next day yep and yeah, so it just seemed like the worst thing ever. And I was like, okay, we we should go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so there was that party. And then <laughs> the, the Matiga party, party was cool, though. Yeah, the Matiga yeah. party was super chill and laid back. And that's what I enjoy about these kind of, you know, get togethers. And basically, you know, you got to come in. They had some free wine, some free alcohol, some food. And they had game. They had, you know, set up stations to play uh, gigantic and I didn't even know, like, I heard they were going to give away swag, but, you know, I was thinking, like, T-shirts and stuff like that, which is really cool. And they ended up giving away, like, a whole bunch of Logitech stuff, like, seven keyboards and, like, 14 mice or something. And then they gave away an entire, like, gaming computer to one lucky person. And it was mm-hmm. just, it was just a really cool party. And we got to hang out with all the Motiga people. And it was really funny, too, because, like, you know, when we got first let in, like, everyone was going towards the food or the, the free booze. And me, Nate, and Melissa went straight for the games. We're like, I want to play right now. <laughs> and it was awesome. And, oh, man, there was just, you know, I finally got a hold. Like, normally when playing those games, it takes a couple t- tries to, like, finally figure out, like, how to play and what you're doing. And it was just, I won two of my games at that party. And it was it was the best feeling ever. And I just, I still, I want to play more and more and more. Yeah. I, I'm definitely excited to actually get my hands on planet more. And we need to like, we need to like make a, a team. Cause I don't want to play with random assholes. I want to play with you guys. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. We definitely will do that. Um, one other thing, like not even like the people or the, the fun or anything like that, that I appreciated, which I did, you know, it was great um the the gigantic party but so the food that they had um they had like bean tamales which made me really fucking happy because tamales are never vegetarian it's true and they had a lot of like like vegetables out and yeah so i, I was like there was any meat at that party i don't think there was either and i was so pumped about it because trying to find like vegetarian food in san antonio was the worst yeah I can imagine. So, just side note there. Yeah. Although, I feel like there's a lot of vegetarian Mexican food. Uh, if, yeah, you like, can... if you like cheese. No, and, and that's fine. And I ended up just, like, breaking 
my vegetarian thing for the week <laughs> just saying fuck it like I don't want to try this hard but still it was it was kind of a pain yeah but that is kind of neither here nor there just wanted to point that out <laughs> <laughs> all right so other games that we played um I played I want to talk about a board game that I played actually at that little booth because it was really fun. Um, So I got to play a game called Bring Your Own Book. I wanted to play that game. (laughs) It looked fun. I went during the media hour, but what was cool was I noticed that later they were like the most slammed game. Oh yeah. There like, yeah. So it it would have been hard, I think to get in there, but we just happened to walk by and they were like, Hey, hi. Because like, no one was going back to the board games during media hour. And I was like, sure, we'll play board games. So Amanda and I sat down. And um, it's super easy. Like, they basically just have all these card prompts. Like, um, like something you would say to, like, I don't know, like, antagonize your enemy in a competition or something like this. Right. And you, the idea is you bring your own book, right? So you bring whatever reading material you have and you flip through whatever it is and you try and find something that you think is appropriate and when you have it you say like I have it or whatever and then everyone else has 60 seconds to finish finding their like phrases and then Mm -hmm. you just go around and you have a communal vote and whoever has the best one gets the card and you move on but it was really 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 fun and it was hilarious what was because that was the prompt that we had Mm -hmm. I forgot what book I had I had Gone Girl and I happened to open it up to this page that had a phrase that was like, <laughs> withhold sex from him. He won't win this one. And I was like, oh, <laughs> perfect for that yeah. prompt. And I won. <laughs> awesome. Good. Maybe that's yeah. why I like the game so much. Winning <laughs> always helps me like a game more. Yep. But it was really, really fun. And I liked the, the idea of it was so simple. And like the card sets, I, I didn't remember i don't remember exactly how much they cost but they have to be super cheap because it was just like 30 no 40 44 cards i think so 88 prompts or something like that and that's it because then you can just use whatever reading material you want Hmm. cool yeah i want to play it we should play it next time we're all together we could play it on stream because you would just have your own books and i could just have i have the cards so there we go yeah it's true we could do that Maybe, like we'll, maybe we'll do that on your streaming sometime, and it won't be a video game. It'll be a board game. Yeah, we can always do that. Uh, I guess I... I'll mention one. Oh, go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was just going to mention one more <laughs> game, because I played more games than all you guys, I think. And I was like, I don't want to talk for, like, 20 minutes straight, so I'm just going to, like, pepper in a few games here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also went to the Undead Labs booth, and I played Moonrise and State of Decay. Mm-hmm. And State of Decay, like, has been out for a while, so I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. But they are making what they're calling, like, the Definitive Collection and porting it to next gen. So it'll be out on the Xbox One and Steam. They're not on PlayStation right now. But um, it was kind of cool. Like, the game's not really up my alley, but it is kind of up my husband's. And he went to the appointment with me, and he was, like, super into it. Um... Because it's kind of like Daisy, but like with a purpose, I guess, if that makes sense. And not like mm-hmm. not massively multiplayer. So, but like the gameplay style where it's just like really open world zombie, but like not, no, nah, I don't know. Just like more, more interesting, more things to do. It's not just like in Daisy where you just like wander around with nothing to do and you get bored after you kill like three people on the map, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. And what else was cool about that was that the characters are really diverse. So you can basically play as any character in that game. And, um, like, literally, like, any character that you see eventually becomes playable. And they have so many characters of so many different kinds of minorities, which I thought was really, really cool. Like, the special edition character that you get if you own the game before and you buy like the upgraded like definitive edition or whatever is what looks like an arab woman um Mm -hmm. i didn't see very well and i just thought that that was really cool it was a nice touch of them um and then moonrise is really cool guys i'm sorry it was like the surprise game for me so it's like just a mobile game and it's like kind of like 
creature collection, like cool. Pokemon. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the one that's like Pokemon. I remember hearing yeah. about this a while ago. Yeah, it's really cool. Was super into it. Yeah, uh, we played it for like, he, the guy just gave us like a 45 minute demo because we just sat there playing it. So, what's cool is it can be kind of multiplayer. So, like, you can wander around a world and see other people and like choose to battle them if you want. Um, but, like, you make, you customize your trainer. Um, again, very cool. You can make them like any race, um, or male or female, which is a nice little touch. Um, I guess they, they do have some like lead female producers on their team and stuff for both titles. So that might be where some of that comes from. But, um, and you basically, you get these like little guys called Solari, which are the equivalent of Pokemon and you can run around and level them up, but there's more customization options, um, than in Pokemon, which is kind of cool. But it's going to be a free-to-play, so if those aren't your kind of games, then you might want to stay away from it. So. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Katie, what did you play? <laughs> so the only other game that I played besides Gigantic was The Adventures of Pip. And I wish I could remember the off the top of my head the developer. Um, but this game is like a little... Um, like really nostalgic feeling, like 2D uh, side-scrolling platformer. And in in this world, it's very like class-based where if you are like lower res, um, you are like lower class. And if you are higher res, you're higher class, stuff That's like that. Cool. So you start out as this like little red square, um, kind of like 8-bit, I guess. Um, and then you can change into like a little boy that's 16-bit, I think. And then... Uh, bigger like little boy or whatever that's 32 bit and different the different forms um they give you kind of different powers or different abilities so to solve the puzzles and to like save the villagers that you have to save in each level you have to change forms um so that you can do different things so like the little square one you're like smaller and you can get through small spaces and i think you can jump higher um the middle form you can like run really fast and you can wall jump and then the the highest res one i think he's just stronger so you can like push heavy blocks and stuff um but it was it was super fun like i finally got through the demo like it the puzzles get really really hard um and i had i'd played this before at the playstation experience but i'd remembered liking it so much that i was like yes i want to make the appointment to go play this and i got to talk to one of the developers for a long time and found out that he is from like he's actually from up here in seattle oh cool um, and he worked on things like scribble knots and drawn to drawn to life i think yeah yeah um he worked for fifth cell and i actually met him like six years ago or something no when, way when scribble knots came out because I was working at um, one of the game stops up here and we had a midnight launch for like something else that was coming out that night, but Scribblenauts just happened to be coming out. So they were like, okay, we'll, we'll come to the store and like sign stuff. So like somewhere I have a Scribblenauts case like signed by all of the developers. Um, and I was like, yeah, I was there. Like we've met before. <laughs> and I told him like, I'm going to be moving to LA, which is where they're based. And he's like, yeah, just let me know. And I'll let you, I'll have you come to the studio and like, we'll hang out and stuff. So like, it was a really nice conversation. It was a really nice, just uh, opportunity to get to talk to them and like make a new friend, which as we know, I'm all about at PAX. Yeah. So, I really enjoyed it. And like, it's coming out soon on like, I think you said PS4 and Xbox one. And I think we, you probably steam no video yet, which I'm sad about, but that's fine. So soon we'll get to play it, and I'm really excited about it because that game's cute. Totally. Uh, Anna, you sounded like you had an experience that wasn't great. Do you want to well, share? Yeah, I'm not going to – I don't want to name names, but uh, there was one demo there that I played, and, you know, it wasn't really a demo. It just wasn't, like – it wasn't the best work, you know? There wasn't a lot to the demo. You could obviously tell that they still needed to put a lot more into the game. It just wasn't It wasn't the best thing to show or have on the show floor just because there wasn't that much to show. Like, yeah, I can wander around space for a little bit and I can shoot some things, but that was it. Like, 
there was nothing else. They're like, oh yeah, and this will this is gonna have this, this, and this in you know the game, and it's like, well, you should have implemented it into your demo to show at PAX. Like, I mean, PAX is like one of those things that it'll make you or break you. You know, like if you don't have a playable demo to show people, they're not gonna really be interested in your game. They had another game that was there that they had completed previously, uh, which was a really good game. And I really liked that. I wish that that was the game that I was supposed to see than the other one. But it's just one of those things like if you're going to be a developer and you're going to have you're going to take the time out of your busy developing schedule to sit down for three days and talk to people about your game and pay a whole bunch of money to have a booth like you should probably have something that's worth playing not something that's like well i guess i can imagine what it's going to be like but right now there's just not a lot to go for and i'm not having an enjoyable experience right now you know so it's just one of those things like just be aware that you should have a playable demo that's worthwhile worth the attention that you're gonna get at pax you know yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, it was really weird. It was a little bit disappointing. Like, just to, like, granted, there were a lot of space game themes at PAX South. Like, that was yeah, the major thing that lot. I saw. It's like, oh, you've got, like, a top-down space shooting thing game. Yeah, there's about five other ones, you know, right over <laughs> there. And so I wasn't, and I'm awful at, like, bullet hell type games or shooting games. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be so bad at this this game and I'm going to get made fun of and it's going to be one of those like oh my god I'm having performance anxiety about playing someone's game already and I sat down and I was like okay how bad am I going to fuck this up right but there was nothing to fuck up really so <laughs> on that plot side I was like well uh, I didn't really have to play anything so that's good oh I don't gosh. know it's just one of those things you know like have something playable because you want to make sure that your game gets good press and not bad press in the future. Yeah. Uh, that's a little interesting. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of like meh games, um, I went to go see Grey Goo and Dreadnought. Yeah. I've heard um, about that. Well, okay. So Grey Goo is definitely not bad. But it's just kind of your average run-of-the-mill RTS. Like, the only cool part is the goo. And the goo, like, playing as the goo is really cool. But playing as the other two races is kind of just like playing... Feels like playing StarCraft or something. Like, it's not... They're nothing special. The goo are cool. Um, You have what's called a mother goo. And the mother goo can split off other goos that can then split again into, like, different enemies or different, like, uh, fighting troops as you need them, mm -hmm. which is cool. And so the mother goo is mobile. So she can just, like, run around the base or run around the map. And so, like, you have a portable base, which is kind of cool. So, like, if your enemy is sending out scouts for recon or something and they find your base, you can move so that, you know, like, before they come back with their army to come get you for example. So they're a cool strategy, but the other two races really play a lot like just generic RTS style. And I think the game has been getting mixed reviews because of that. And um, so I, I don't think I was the only one that felt that way. Um, and then Dreadnought, like I, that was like, so this was like the biggest booth at PAX South, right? Like in terms of like taking up the most physical space. Um, and it was right when you walked on the show floor and I feel like everyone wanted to see Dreadnought. Right. So I went to see Dreadnought, and while it was fun, like, I will say it was fun, It there's just so much up in the air. You know, I asked if there was going to be a single-player campaign. Obviously, they can't really talk about it, and they were like, yeah, it's going to be episodic or whatever, but I kind of got, like, a Titanfall-style impression out of this, which was yeah. that this is mostly going to be multiplayer with, like, a few maps and not a lot of story, which... To me, it doesn't seem like it's going to be worth the, like, inevitable $60 price tag that it's going to have. Um, and, like, the ship battles are fun, um, especially once you get used to the controls. Like, at first it was kind of weird because it didn't fly like you're used to flying ships, really. Mm -hmm. But 
it was like more realistic movement. Um, but it's like they were fun, but they weren't that fun. Like if they're not like they're not fast paced because it kind of feels like you're flying a real ship over like a really big map. And so I was like, okay, I'm this is cool, but I'm not sure like I want to play another match. I didn't leave feeling like I left gigantic after playing two matches, you know. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. I guess I I was feeling kind of meh like when I went into it kind of with high hopes because I really like sci-fi stuff. And I was like, cool spaceships. This could be mm-hmm. really cool. And it wasn't that cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least there was gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about another couple games real quick. Um, I just have to mention Social Justice Warrior. I wanted to play that game. See, this is what happened. <laughs> too. So I just wandered by it and I saw it. And I was like, oh, this is where everyone's been getting those pins today. Yeah. So I was like, well, okay. I obviously, you know, from an outlet called Bitch Team Alpha, I have to sit down and play the game called right. Social Justice Warrior. Of course. Um, so it's made by this guy and um, his name is Eric Ford because I have his card in front of me conveniently. Um, <laughs> nice. And it was really funny. It's really, really simple. So you sit down and you, you start the game and you are um, you are an SJW. And that's the only... You don't get to play as the troll. And the troll um, starts out at, like, level one. And eventually when you defeat that troll, you get, like, a level two troll. And so on and so forth. And they, they like, have little names. Like, you start out playing against, like, the ignorant troll. And eventually you can get up to, like, all these different kinds of, like, crazy trolls that have, like, different abilities or whatever. And you start out as, like, a different class. So you could be a paladin or you could be a sorcerer or whatever. And each of those have different abilities. Like, I played the sorcerer. and It was, like, mostly logic-based. Um, and I think, like, paladin can kind of, like, use, like, kind of, like, brute force reputation-destroying tactics or whatever. Some, things like that. So you get a troll and you basically choose, like, between four options. Like, write a well-written essay or whatever and it'll cause an effect on him. And you basically, you both have two health bars, and if either one gets depleted, you're dead. So you have sanity and reputation. And some things you do can, like, really destroy their reputation, but it'll destroy yours a little bit, too, or something like that. So it's basically, like, a game about being frustrated about what you're frustrated about in real life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really funny because everything that the trolls say are real-life troll comments. Really? Yes. Like, he scours the internet looking for the worst ones, and those are the ones that make it into the game. And I was talking to him while someone else was playing, like my husband, or it might have been Lauren. I don't know. Um, I was talking to him while they were playing, and he was saying that he actually made this game a few months before Gamergate even started, but it didn't really get attention until after Gamergate had started. And he said that all these people were like harassing him, like, oh, you made this game and you don't, whatever, like, haha, Gamergate is awesome. We rule, you drool, like stupid bullshit, you know? And he was like, you do realize that you're basically being the exact parody that I am talking about in this game that I made before you were even a thing, right? So, like, you're just living up to your namesake here. Right. So he just, like, out, and that's the best part. Like, I, I don't know. That's such a good idea. Like, how empowering, does like, must it feel to, like, take all those hurtful comments and just be like, yep, yeah, just going to put those in my game. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was really cool. And the guy that sounds the, like a fun game. The guy yeah, was really nice. And he he tries to prevent present it as kind of like a like a I don't I wouldn't say he said neutral, but I wouldn't say neutral. Um like he definitely is making fun of the people that get too into fighting Gamergate uh-huh. as well, but while still being on the side of them. He said that a lot of the suggestions that he get gets is that it'd be fun to be able to like duel someone else, like some be a troll versus the SJW, and he said that he thought that'd be fun. That's like his most requested feature, but at the same time, he doesn't want to encourage anyone being a troll. So. Right. When is the game? Is the game out already? Or yeah, it is. Um, I don't know where it is. I think, I think he did say he just got greenlit on Steam, maybe. But I think that you can get it like elsewhere. So okay, yeah, cool. Um, and the last thing I want to mention was Star Mazer, just because we have friends working on the game and I wanted to plug it and it was there. Um, so Star Mazer is, um, 
a cool new sweet awesome game coming out that has a whole bunch of super awesome people working on it um it's got like 22 composers including like a composer from mega man um and a bunch of stuff and our three composer friends you guys might have heard um in my metal gear solid episode uh ryan ike jacob purnell and um akash why am i forgetting his last name oh my gosh that's so embarrassing I'm going to look this up while I, while I, that's so, oh my gosh, I'm so terrible. I cashed the car. Um, they all are working on that game as well. Um, so I think that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying cool. they're, they're on Kickstarter right now, but they're doing really well. Um, I think they're like thinking about stretch goals and stuff. So you should go check it out and get in on the action while you still can. Cool. There was one thing that I wanted to talk to in regards to panels that Oh yeah. That I was really disappointed with the uh, the gearbox panel. Oh, yeah, and, you told me the story. Was, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't wanna sound like I'm i I I'm an entitled bitch, but like normally gearbox <clears throat> is like the coolest panel ever because they're super like they always have super fun things to show and like it's really upbeat and everybody that's presenting is you know knows each other so well so you feel like you're a part of their group too um and they always give away some really good fucking swag like when we were at the pax at pax prime they gave away all the all they the gave extra away the season pass for yeah the sequel for the pre-sequel and so and before that they had given away i can't even remember because i didn't actually go to it but like at at pax east they gave away the pre-sequel like they gave away just the game yeah so like gearbox is known for just giving back to their fans really because Mm -hmm. they're such an awesome company and they didn't give away anything at this gearbox panel but they did have an nvidia guy come on and talk about like their their new like graphics card which you know i have a pretty nice graphics card i don't know much about them except for like that they make my computer look pretty so he talked about like his newest graphic card for a little bit and then he was like and now we're gonna give away five of them and i was like well that's crazy like that's really cool of nvidia to give away their nice you know the really new graphics card and i was like how are they gonna do this like it's an auditorium filled with like thousands of people like this is ridiculous and i was thinking like things people have done in the past is just like have numbers or something underneath the chair Mm -hmm. and i was like wow that's probably how they're gonna do it but the nvidia guy decided that it was gonna be a good idea he's like all right so i'm gonna point to someone in the second balcony right up there and then he of course pointed to some guy it was a white dude and then he's he won he won the card okay cool good good for him he won a nvidia graphics card but then the nvidia's guy told the guy who won to choose someone else and so he's like okay well you have to choose someone else over there and so what did the white dude choose but another white dude and then Mm. that white dude chose another white dude and then that white dude chose another white dude. And finally, when they gave the last card away, they're like, okay, you can't choose a white dude anymore. And so he chose a black dude. But it was still like, seriously? Like, I was so irate the whole time this was going on. Because, of course, white bros are going to choose white bros. Like, this was a horrible way to give away prizes because it makes it entirely not fair to anybody. And there were so many, like... Gearbox is a really good company that likes to promote strong female characters. They have a ton of them in their games. So, like, there were a ton of females and different varying people. Yeah, in... they have a lot of female fans. Yeah. Yep. And the fact that not a single female was chosen was just so upsetting to me. And it's just like, like, this is awful. Like, no... There was no, like, we didn't stand a chance, you know? Like, Katie yeah. and I were shouting, like, ladies like graphics cards, too. But even then, like, nothing happened. Like, I would have liked to see a female represented and win something instead of having, like, one white dude choose another white dude. Like, that, mm-hmm. like, it was, it was bullshit. And it really, really upset me. And I'm not trying to be like, well, 
you know, some people might be like, well, you're just upset because you didn't win. And it's like, no, I'm upset because one of my one of my people, like a female didn't win, you know, a lady didn't win because ladies play games just as much as dudes do. And it was just, it was just really upsetting. And it was just like a train wreck watching it happen. And it's like, and it took forever. Oh, it did. It took forever too. Norm. If they did like the number on the seat thing, they'd be like, Oh, you know, row 27 seat 13 or, you know, something stupid like that. And it would have been over in five minutes. Maybe this took like 20 minutes to do like maybe not that long, but it took forever. And it was so God awful stupid. And, And yeah, I didn't go obviously and i'm glad i didn't but two thoughts about that is that like obviously also if five white dudes won and it was random like i wouldn't care but the fact that they just let that go on you know and then second of all it does make me feel a little bit bad for gearbox like they probably didn't it sounds like this was all nvidia's idea and i know that gearbox works really hard and has a lot of really awesome people like anthony birch and mikey newman who like work really hard to make these like the games that they produce and their fans feel really included and to show a diverse range of people and i imagine that they were also probably really upset about how that went down and i kind of feel bad for them (laughs) yeah i had actually um i think it was after the actual like borderlands panel that gearbox put on themselves i went up and talked to um andrew goldfarb who is their i think like content editor yeah um and i was like so the panel earlier he's like yeah that was kind of a shit show like I was just trying to like you know normally we go over by this much and it's fine but like I was trying to get them to kind of like dial it back because it was it just went on for so long and then the Nvidia thing like it was ridiculous and I'm like yeah that was terrible um so like they know that it was awful and I it's no like it's not their fault entirely it was totally all on Nvidia yeah that whole shit show happening so like they yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh i i can tell you that that won't be happening again at no. least oh no <laughs> yeah no it, it won't um also speaking of the actual borderlands panel um there wasn't anything too exciting about that one either unfortunately no i don't like i disagree with katie because they're opening a okay, whole bunch okay. of jobs at gearbox okay that yeah so i'm I'm getting there so they, okay. like, they kind of talked about um like the past of borderlands and like how things came to be and told lots of funny stories and had like open q a which was really cool um like somebody had asked like do they um are they like actively trying to you know be all inclusive with their characters and stuff they're like well it's not like that's not actually our agenda, but we just want to make like relatable people in the Borderlands universe, which is cool of them. Um, but then they also went on to you know talk about like the future of Borderlands, and they didn't actually announce like anything definitive yet, except for that they are ready to start working on the next Borderlands, which obviously is Borderlands Three, um, but they haven't started yet, and they put out like a call to developers artists writers and you know anybody else to join their team so it wasn't like the most exciting thing but it was like yes we're going to do this so come help us which is what you were getting at Anna. yes i'm working on my resume right now well not right now (laughs) yeah I had plans to do a whole bunch of resume and building my portfolio today, but Pax Pox took over and <laughs> I've been laying in bed. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that is cool. I think, um, like, that is really awesome. I think a lot of people were, oh, I think people were only really let down because Randy had hinted so much that there was going to be yeah. some Borderlands 3 news and then the only news was we're hiring which to the average person who wants to play the game and doesn't work in the industry yeah. is not exciting. Right. So I I can see why there was disappointment, but it's still cool that they've like confirmed it's happening soon. To me personally, I like it just kind of feels like oh, this is going to feel really drawn out like how I'm still not hearing anything about Mass Effect 4 maybe. So yeah. <laughs> it's like all these people are giving teasers that don't mean anything right now. And it's getting kind of frustrating for me personally. 
Mm-hmm. No, and it's frustrating for me too. Like I'm excited that they are going to start working on it, and like you know, there's the potential for Anna to go work for them, things like that. Like that's awesome, but I do want like actual things. I want to see things that are being made right now. Um, but that's because I'm an impatient asshole. Uh, also, I think that maybe it might have been a good time to talk about any of their DLC plans for pre-sequel, because I feel like everyone just kind of forgot that they haven't actually done anything except for characters uh, yet. So Yeah, I mean, so they did <laughs> They did reveal um, Lady Hammerlock, which is awesome. and Which John, was leaked already. <laughs> it, yeah, it was leaked, and we all kind of knew like what was going on, but they gave like definitive details about her and stuff like that. Um, and John actually played her yesterday. Yeah, I played her last night. And she looks awesome. Um, awesome. He was having a lot of fun with her. But they hinted, like, they didn't actually announce anything, but they hinted at the next, like, campaign DLC being, like, something inside Claptrap's mind, kind (laughs) of. So it could be literally anything, kind of like they did with the Tina DLC, which, you know, they made it so that they could do more things that weren't just in, you know, the set Borderlands universe which I think will be cool. Like, I'm really excited to see what they do, but we don't know anything yet other than it's in Claptrap's mind, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I would definitely like more information. I yeah. think it's kind of... I'm a little disappointed that they're only releasing one story DLC, and they can say it's going to be huge all they want, but we all know it's probably not going to be that much bigger than Tiny Tina, just to be realistic. So right. they, they're <laughs> focusing their efforts on Borderlands 3, and that's fine, I guess, but that also kind of sucks a little well, bit because I like pre-sequel. They're focusing their efforts on Battleborn yeah, more, more than Borderlands 3 at this point because, like I said, they just announced it, like, that they're going to start, but they've been working on Battleborn since, I don't know, last year at some point, like, mid-last year. Um, yeah, but... Which, like, I'm excited about They do about only that. share a few team members between yeah. those two, so... And I'm excited about Battleborn, too. Like, it looks really pretty so far, you know, what I've seen... Again, it's another, like, kind of MOBA-style, team-based, you know, whatever game. But I'm excited to see what they do. Um, But I would definitely like to see more about the pre-sequel and Borderlands 3. And even, like, not technically Gearbox, but Tales from the Borderlands. Like, they talked a little bit about that, too, at the Inside Gearbox panel. um, Saying that, you know, obviously they're working on Episode 2. Like, it'll be out sometime soon. Um, and you know, once the trailer hits, be ready to play the game because they're notorious for dropping the trailer yep. and then like Uh-oh. Uh-oh. two days later it's out. So sometime that'll be out too, which I'm really excited for as well. Uh oh. What happened? You disappeared for a second. Oh. You're back now though. Yeah. I'm back. Um but I was saying like I'm really excited for like the Tales from the Borderlands, which you know, will be out sometime soon too. And they talked a little bit about that and like some of the characters that are going to be in it, like Scooter um, and a couple of new ones, which are voiced by a couple of the kind of like regulars at the Telltale Studios, like um, Dave Finoy and the guy who did Big B in uh, Fuck Wolf Among Us. Adam, Adam Harrington. Yes, that guy. I met that guy at PlayStation Experience. Did you? He's, yeah, he's really, really nice. nice on Twitter all the fucking time. Yeah, so like I'm I'm excited about that. Like they said something too about like their cosplay kits or whatever, which like I cosplay a lot, but that didn't seem like a thing that like was really relevant to anything at PAX necessarily. Like, hey, we're making these kits. Here you go. Like not a lot of people actually care about that. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was weird. But, yeah. I don't know. There were there were a whole lot of build-ups to announcements that like weren't real announcements at PAX South, I think. But I guess it's the inaugural one. I guess I understand. Uh, yeah. Still. Well, that, I think, concludes our PAX panel. Yeah. Uh, yay. Can't wait to go back again. Me too. I can't actually... <laughs> I'm really actually excited about PAX East now. Like I will do my best to play more games this time because I'm not going to be like hardcore cosplaying. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Look for, I BTA. wish you guys, were, I wish you guys were coming. I will be the only BTA mm-hmm. there. Oh, 
Well, oh, that's okay. I have to go to a wedding, so I can't go. Oh, poop. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is it. Check us out again in another couple weeks, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. If you love us here at Heroin and Bitch Team Alpha, please donate to us on Patreon. You can find us by searching for Bitch Team Alpha, and we have some awesome rewards ranging from Google Hangouts to swag to even being a guest on a future podcast. Also, don't forget to follow the entire Bitch Team Alpha team on Twitter over at Bitch Team Alpha. You can also follow me via Twitter at O'Katey, K-A-T-E-Y. Anna is at Peachy Anna, A-E-N-N-E, and Katie Leone is at Apocalyptic Ash. Check out our website at bitchteamalpha.com, and don't forget to subscribe to us in iTunes under BTA Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in a couple weeks.